0: Ephesians chapter 5 tonight, once more, Ephesians chapter 5. A lot of terminology uh, that we hear theologically and biblically that uh, uh, can confuse us if we're not real careful. Um, There's just so much on the subject of the Holy Spirit and living a Spirit-filled life, being filled with the Spirit, Grieve in the spirit. Filled with the spirit. Baptized with the spirit. Baptized by the spirit. Baptized with the spirit. You have to be careful of all those things. According to what TV program you're listening to, which one of those verses they quote. But what's good about the Baptist faith is they're, they'll quote all of them and we will interpret them in the light of its context so that we may rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. That's what we want to do. Let me encourage you now if you haven't uh, signed up or if you haven't already uh, put your name down for that truth conference where that we're going to take the Bible and ground us and teach us some things and uh, well I tell you I, I, I wouldn't miss that for the world if I were you I, I, I would be here nobody ever afforded me that opportunity when I was uh, had just first been saved I'd give it anything in the world if somebody had been thoughtful enough to ground me in the word of God of course I got saved I think in March started the seminary in August and graduated three years later. No, I think they kicked me out. I'm not too sure what it was. But uh, I didn't have a lot of time in all of that time because I got saved uh, all over. And uh, just thought maybe I ought to say thank you, Lord. And so I started serving the Lord. In your Bible, the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 5... And I want to read you just uh, three verses. We'll read them just about every week uh, for, a, for a little while. Uh, the Bible says in verse number 17 of, of Ephesians 5, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is you and I can honestly understand what the next thing God wants us to do. The trouble with this deal is we put everything else before the next thing. Like teaching a Sunday school class, singing in the choir, singing specials, mowing the yards cleaning the bathrooms whatever it is around the church it seems like we get next before that which is first because unless you do that which is first next is not going to work because next without doing what's first is flesh And be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Next. Now that I've been saved, now that I have been indwelt by the Holy Spirit, now what makes me indifferent than the moment before I asked the Lord to save me? When I got saved, the Holy Spirit of God moved within my heart. First Corinthians six nineteen. what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, which you have of God? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. So when I got saved 50 some years ago in my living room there in Farmer's Branch, Texas, the Holy Spirit of God came to live within my heart. He will do for me everything I will allow him to do. He will possess as much of me as I allow him to possess. I do not have to go to church, I do not have to read my Bible. I do not have to yield to him, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I do not have to be transformed. I can be conformed to the world if I like. If I want to neglect what's next, nobody in the world has to know I got saved but me and God. And unless we do what's next, nobody will know that I'm saved but me and God. As the gays and the lesbians walked into Sodom, they could tell no difference in Lot and all the rest of the Sodomites. But yet God said, Righteous Lot. Lot was saved. Even his family probably didn't even know it. And the folk did not know it. All because he did not do what's next. What's next? Be filled with the Spirit. That's next. And God will not command us to do that which he will not do for us. And so tonight I want to talk to you about understanding what the fullness of the Spirit or the Spirit-filled life is all about. There's much confusion on the subject. One night I was, when I was in seminary, I was at a laundromat washing my clothes. You say, why were you there? Because we didn't have a washing machine. And I was at a laundromat washing my clothes, trying to study the notes that I'd taken that day. And some smart aleck saw me reading the Bible. He walked over to me and said to me, Have you been baptized by the Holy Ghost? You know how they say that. I say, Well, no, I don't guess I have. Have you? He said, Yes. I said, Who was with you when it happened? He looked kind of strange. And he said, nobody. I said, didn't you know you're the first that that ever happened to? Because nowhere in the Bible is anybody ever baptized in the Holy Ghost individually. You do know that. A little bit of Bible knowledge will unfit you for a whole lot of dumb preaching. So I'm going to talk to you tonight about understanding not only what it is but how very important that the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit is to each of us. We look like We need an experience. Now, all of us can tell when we got saved, I hope. And that was an experience for me. I don't know about you. It was an experience when I got saved. I mean, it just seemed like everything changed the day I got saved. And I I can remember it distinctly. But just as being saved is an experience... So, as being filled with the Spirit of God, singing, making melody in your hearts, speaking to yourselves in spiritual songs and hymns, Uh, it's an experience. So, there's much confusion about the subject, it's neglected by most. And overlooked by the majority. How important is it to you and has it been to you that you live a spirit filled life? You are either living in the spirit or in the flesh, you're either pleasing God or yourself. You are limited to what you can do or what God can do. Do you understand that? That should be an eye-opener. People come to me and say, Preacher, I just don't love my wife like I used to. I say to them, you can. Because God loves them and allow God to love them through you. There's just nothing you can't do with God helping you do it. So it is a confusing deal and I I think the necessity of the subject is ignored by many because Jesus told the disciples tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Don't teach a Sunday school class. Don't start a bus ministry in Jerusalem. Don't start knocking doors in Jerusalem. Don't, 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 don't do anything for me until I have done something that's real for you. Don't do anything until you be endued with power from on high. You see, because... A spirit-filled life will make out of you what it made out of Peter, a bold, brave soul winner from a chicken little liver carriage standing by the fireside with a devil's crowd. It can turn you from your fears into what God wants us to be. Notice, if you would, please, what is the fullness of the Holy Spirit? I don't know if you have any of these or not. Jamie made them for you. I don't know if you have them or not. If you do, I want you to note something, what the fullness of the Holy Spirit really is. Number one, it is a definite experience. Can I help you a little bit? If you're jotting down some verses, Acts 2 and verse 4 they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 4 and verse 8, and then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 4 and 31, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Micah 3 and verse 8, truly, I am full of power by the Holy Ghost. It is a definite experience. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 52, that verse should say, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. It would absolutely blow you away if you knew how many times the fullness of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the book of Acts by itself. Can you imagine anything that is so important to be so widely neglected? Neglected, shunned, overlooked, ignored. While we argue, we fuss, we fight, we worry, we scrimp, we save, we push, we pull, and all the time God is standing right there saying, if you just let me, I would empower you to do that which you cannot do yourself. Could I ask you something? If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit of God, what's the use of living? If God is only giving you eternal life and does not give you internal life what well just wait till five minutes before you die and get saved if there's no benefit here and now I mean it's kind of stupid quit all that fun that you give up and still live miserable because you're living in the flesh in between what God wants you to do and what God will allow you to do it's crazy, I don't understand why in the world everybody is not smoking a bandit in hot pursuit of the spirit-filled life. And yet, have you given it a thought all week? Think about it. Have you in the morning got up and said, "Lord, here I am. Fill it." I'll try to obey you all day long. I'll just trust you. to Do what you said you'd do. Try it out and see if it'll work. It is a definite experience. Secondly, not only is it a definite experience, it is, if you please, a personal experience. Micah said, Micah 3 and 8, but truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. What could Samson do when the Spirit departed? He stood hopeless and helpless as they burnt his eyes out with a red-hot poker. He became the servant of his enemies instead of the servant of God. Instead of a victor, he became a victim. Instead of strong, he became weak. Why in the world would we try to live without the capabilities of God in our life when all we have to do is yield to him? It is a personal experience. Thirdly, it's a revolutionary experience Experience Now, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, you move from the works of the flesh to the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, and the works of the flesh are manifest are these. It's adultery fornication blah 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 everything is going on on nasty television verse 22 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace meekness long suffering temperance of such there is, again such there's no law a revolutionary experience What a shame that we're living in a world that we make instead of living with the fruits that God can make. What a shame as we think we can enjoy the works of the flesh more than we can enjoy the fruit. Of the Spirit. Tell me how you can have a happy home with the works of the flesh, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, mutilation, wrath, emulations, and strife and seditions and heresies, envies, murders, drunkens, rebellious, and such like. Boy, that goes to make a happy person, doesn't it? Watch tonight if you like. They'll probably show you San Francisco, the streets of San Francisco, and maybe of Portland or some other city where all those happy, fleshly people are shooting up drinking booze, living in the street, living a happy life. And it's a shame that Baptist is living off the works of the flesh when they could be living with the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace meaning. You say, preacher, you're picking on us. No, I'm picking on all of us. Listen to me. We're all guilty as we can be. Amen. We know about the TV guide than we do about the Word of God. We yield our employer more than we do our Savior. Come on, say amen. You know what's a God's truth. Uh, you won't miss work, but you'll miss church. You know what I mean? Tell the boss you're going to take your kids to play Little League next, uh, next week all week long. See how that flies. You tell God that on Wednesday and on Saturday and on Sunday. Well, you say, preacher, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, if I don't, I'm sorry. And if, you, if I do, you're sorry. It is a definite experience. You're either full or you're not. You're allowing the Lord to lead your life or you're running the show. Amen? It's a personal experience. Lastly, it's a necessary experience. Ever since Ginger's been married to me, she's needed the fullness of the Holy Spirit to keep from killing me. And I'm one of the best guys in the house. Just imagine what your wife's got to do. Amen. I don't know if you know it. We're all a mess. Hmm? The minute that I come in contact with somebody who's living in the flesh, if I'm living in the flesh, we probably got a problem before long. Hmm? But if I'm living a spirit-filled life and if I have somebody to help me with my temper and help me with my attitude and help me with my selfishness and help me with my pride. If I've got somebody in control in here except me, then you can probably tell me that my breath smells, and I won't hit you. I just want to. Because the works of the flesh produces strife, emulations, variances, changing back and forth, split personalities. So it's a necessary experience. And I say that because Jesus told the disciples, tear you in Jerusalem until you be what? Endued with power from on high power. That's what I need. I need power from high. Could keep me from living like I'm living down here. Amen. Anybody? And I tell you, I got to go back to the service station on a regular basis. I got to go back every day, every morning, every morning before my feet hit the floor. I have to tell God, Boy, if you don't do something today, I'll be in will be in a heap of trouble before the day's over. Amen. Amen. So I get up, say, "Lord, fill me with Your Holy Spirit." I run in there and start frying eggs for ginger, and, uh, <laughs> making Tennessee cathead biscuits, gravy, ninety weight gravy. Amen. And while she's laying on the couch. I'm in there, filled with the spirit, lying about what I'm. Oh, what's oh, anybody? Anybody here? Huh? Huh? Unnecessary experience. Now I want to show you a couple of things, and we'll go. Number one, I want to show you first of all the command to be filled. Secondly, I want to show you number two the contrast. The contrast of being filled. And then I'll show you the consequences of being filled. Oh, great, great, great experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Notice now, if you would please, the command. Ephesians 5 and verse 18. Be filled with the Spirit. Does that sound to you like a suggestion or a command? To neglect being filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to talk in the first person now, not in the second person. That way, if anybody here, you don't get mad at me. If I refuse... To be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, I am living in total, absolute disobedience to God. That's me. Now, maybe not you, because God commands me as a blood-bought saint of Christ. He commands me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you were filled with the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be mad at me right now. You would not be worrying about what time it is. You would not be bored in the service. You would say, Preacher, that's the greatest sermon I ever heard. Instead, boy, you don't preach very well lately, Preacher. But if I refuse in my attempt To be obedient to God in being filled with the Holy Spirit of God, I am living in total disobedience to the command of God and completely out of His will because His will is that I be filled with the Spirit. I would be no more disobedient to God if I went out and got drunk. I would not be any more disobedient to God if I refused to ever darken the door of his house again. To neglect is out and out rebellion against the known will of God. Self-sufficiency is nothing short of rebellion for a Christian. Think about it now. Does God know our inabilities, our weaknesses, and our fears? Does he know that? Do you think in his love and his grace that he's made amends and made sufficient supply to help us in our inabilities and in our fears. But preacher, I'm afraid to witness to somebody because they'll ask me something I don't know. That's the very reason he wants you to be filled with his spirit because the spirit knows all the answers and the reason we're afraid is because we're yielding to the spirit of fear instead of the spirit of God because we're all afraid we all have fleshly human tendencies do we not so Not that this sounds to me like it's a command and not a suggestion, a command, not optional, a necessity, not a choice. Be filled with the Spirit. Secondly, not only do I see the command. I have two or three minutes. It'll be eight o'clock. Notice, if you would please, there is a contrast that is drawn in verse eighteen, and be not drunk with wine, or in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The contrast is between. An individual who is out of control by intoxication or out of control with the Spirit of God. I've never seen a drunk afraid of anything. I've seen drunks, I forget which... Staff worker it was. It might have been Bob or somebody. We were downtown Fort Worth going down the road just 30, 40 miles an hour. Fella staggered off the sidewalk, got right out in front of my truck and did this. He was telling me, come ahead, I'm going to knock your front bumper right off your truck. Then I started weaving, weaving back and forth. He had all intentions of wrecking my truck. with well, them two fifties right there, he just stood there. I forget who it was with me, and I said, you ain't never seen a wreck like we're fixing to have. Now, if that guy had not been under the influence he would not have done that. He'd had more sense. His fear would have taken over. His rationale would have reasoned out that's not the smart thing to do. The trouble with us when we're living in the flesh, the flesh talks us out of doing what God wants us to do, then talks us into doing what God does not want us to do. You understand what I'm talking about? Well, I, I, I'm afraid to go soul winning only because you're going yourself. God's not afraid to go soul winning. And if you f- yield to Him and allow Him to fill you, you will not be afraid. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You understand that? I said, you understand that? The contrast is, if you're out of control with booze, you'll do things that you wouldn't normally do. But if you're filled with the Spirit of God and not under your control, but under... His control, guess what? You'll do what you never thought you'd be able to do. I failed college because I wouldn't give an old report in college. I was a thumb-sucking introvert. I told them, if you want me to stand in front of 20 or 30 kids and give a report, you can have my degree. I'm not going to do that. And I left college because I was too embarrassed to stand in front of the class and give an oral book report. Then God called me to preach. Isn't that something? I wonder what happened. That which I was afraid to do, God was not afraid to do that which I was unable to do and would refuse to do, God said, why don't you let me do it? And so I started preaching down to rescue mission. And I'd go to the rescue mission, Union Gospel Rescue Mission over in Dallas every Saturday. I'd go to the rescue mission. And I'd sit on the front row hoping that the guy that's supposed to preach have an accident so I could preach in his place. And I tried to preach like this one, tried to preach like that one, tried to preach like this one. And an ex-preacher who's now an alcoholic would go with me down to the mission. This ex-alcoholic preacher said, Gene, can I help you? I said, yeah. He said, when you preach, just be yourself. Don't try to be any other preacher in the world. And it's strange the people God uses along the way if you're yielded to His Spirit. It's a command, the contrast, and of course, the consequences of being filled. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 is so 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 elementary now the works of the flesh are manifest verse 22 but the fruit of the spirit the consequences is or the consequences are you can bear the fruit that only God can produce or can live a life of a loser and live on what you can produce, the works of the flesh. There's got to be more to it than what we've got. Mm? Wouldn't it be something if we all came next Saturday, next Wednesday evening Full of love, joy, peace, meekness, and temperance. Against such there's no law. Is there anybody here? Do you understand that it is a command? there is a contrast and there are consequences. If I don't walk in the Spirit and I don't endeavor to be filled with the Spirit and constantly be filled with the Spirit, somewhere along these days I'll hurt my wife far beyond anything I can ever fix. You listening? And if I try to walk in the flesh and do what I want to do, I've got six kids that's still watching. Hmm? And if I depend on the works of the flesh to raise my kids, to encourage my grandkids, You can write on my tombstone, here lies a mistake. I don't want to live in rebellion against God. I don't. I want God to bless what few days I've got left on this earth. And there's nothing in that list From 19 through 21, that I want to have anything to do with. You understand? I I don't want it for my family, I, I don't want it for my church. I would hate to look into your face after being accused of the works of the flesh. And all of God's people said, Amen. Oh, I hope you understand now. There's more than just being saved. Amen. Amen. There's more than just being saved. But that's a bunch, but there's more than just being saved. Amen.